and welcome to Ghoul's Night In, the spooky chat show with your best ghoul friends. I'm Penny Snark. And I'm Midge Munster. And as promised, uh, today we have a Christmas creature feature. Yay! (laughs) Yes, uh, there are just so many delightful creatures and folklore from around the world that kind of fit into that spooky weird Christmas (laughs) style. So we just wanted to chat about like all of them. Yeah, we can't uh, pass up an opportunity to talk about the spooky side of a holiday. So uh, let's just get right into it. Penny, I know you've got a a friend that you would love to tell us all about. (laughs) Oh, I do. My my favorite friend. So I actually, I did a whole presentation on this this spooky friend for uh, one of my friend's presentation parties as many of us i feel like had over the covid times uh <laughs> but how am i the virgo in this situation <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i love me a good presentation <laughs> uh but i wanted to talk about mary Lloyd, who i am pronouncing as best as i can uh, <laughs> but apologies if it is not extremely good I, I feel like that's going to be a theme in this episode, so go easy on us. Yes, we're trying <laughs> we, our best. We are, but we Midwesterners with terrible <laughs> accents. It's true. Uh, so uh, many of you may have seen um, a depiction of this Christmas creature around, even if you didn't know her. Um, so this is a Welsh Christmas tradition, um, sometimes translated as Grey Mare or Grey Mary. And this is a decorated horse skull on a stick. Whoa! What? Yeah. Um, so this started as a pagan midwinter tradition in South Wales, uh, connected to the tradition of wassailing that we see, you know, kind of throughout Europe. I actually didn't know. I knew a little bit about uh, this, about Mary Lloyd, but I didn't know that it was a wassail thing. Yeah, yeah. And so... Of course, unsurprisingly, she was criticized as sinful by the church because they never let us have any fun. All good things are. Right. Um, and so Mario Lead really lost popularity in the first half of the 20th century, um, but has been enjoying a revival thanks to, you know, folk organizations that are bringing back some of these classic traditions. I uh, I actually have a, a friend, Kim. I don't know if she listens to the pod, but I hope she does. Um she does like a creepy Christmas display on the outside of her house. And she has like a Krampus and a Mary Lou and all these. Uh, like, I uh, love it. And it makes me very, very happy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the way that um, you would celebrate this tradition um, is you've got yourself a horse skull <laughs> and you put it on a stick, um, decorate it with lots of streamers and baubles. And a lot of times you'll see like some, like it looks like ornaments, like in the eye sockets. And stuff like that. Um, And then you drape a white sheet over the person who is carrying um, the stick. So it's just kind of like this big horse head emerging (laughs) at the top. And you go around through town um, and you stop at houses to sing songs. And you have... So it is... I will do my best. This word has only one vowel in it. And it is at the (laughs) end. Um, So I think... We love the Welsh. (laughs) I, I'm going to say punko, it's P-W-N-C-O, um, oh. which says a tradition of exchanging rude rhymes, 
Um, and this has been described today in modern times as rap battling a horse skull about Christmas. And so she is trying to convince you to let her come inside. And you're like, no, no, Mary, you can't come in. Um, but obviously, if she wins, you have to let everyone inside. And there are treats and drinks and all of that good stuff. I mean, wassailing is really Christmas trick-or-treating, which I really, really love. That I I think we should uh, try to reestablish this for (laughs) Americans. I want Christmas (laughs) trick-or-treating. And it's Christmas trick-or-treating with booze, so even better. You have to show up and be like, give me some wine. And they're like, okay, I guess I have to. Okay, but first, rap battle this horse skull. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's delightful. Um, You can definitely, you can look up some videos on YouTube and kind of watch a modern day procession. And it seems like a lot of fun. And uh, Marlita is kind of like a pranky type of, you know, pagan entity so that's kind of part of why you know you're like oh no you can't come in the house like you're gonna pull pranks on me there's a lot of um kind of prank and jest in a lot of these older folklore like yule folklore Mm -hmm. uh like the the yule lads like all of these kind of creatures that you know come into your house and steal your treats (laughs) yes get up to something i will say one of my very favorite things when i was originally researching this is people were someone who you know was the representative of like you know their local society who was putting this on was asked about sourcing a horse skull that's what i was thinking it's like where does one and they were like uh this is like rural wales there are horse skulls yeah okay (laughs) to be had I'm just like picturing some like a farmer mm-hmm. like you know their their horse passes away in like July let's say mm-hmm. and they're like oh better hold on to Bessie's skull for Christmas time yes <laughs> gotta have it for the festive times I was uh, discussing Marilyn with some friends at brunch the other day and we were talking about potentially like 3D printing a oh, skull yeah. as like a modern alternative if you do not have. Uh, farms about where you could easily get a horse skull. Vegan Mary Lude, yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, but she's just such a delight, and it's like such a striking image. I feel like, you know, obviously it is a big horse skull on a stick, but it is very <laughs> festive in its own way with all the streamers and like decorations. And it kind of just... looks like, like a maypole with a, with a horse head on it. Yeah. For, to give you all the the visual, uh, paint you a word picture. <laughs> yes. Yes. So she, she is pretty fabulous and is definitely one of my top Christmas creatures of the world. I think we should have a, uh, like a roaring Christmas party and we'll have like a Krampus parade and go wassailing with our horse skull. And- yes. Anyone who would like an invite to next year's Christmas <laughs> creature feature party. Heck yeah. Uh, that'd be delightful. Do you do you have a, a critter to tell me about? Oh, boy. There are so, so many, many choices. But, well, we did kind of get... I, I mentioned the Yule Lads, and yes. this ties into one of my other favorite little shindigs here. Um, so I, you and I talked a little bit pre-recording. Um, Gryla is the Icelandic kind of version of Krampus in a way, but like way worse, (laughs) (laughs) like way scarier. Um, 
So uh, there is this Icelandic lore that, and the, the, it traces back, I was reading this Smithsonian article, uh, as far as like 1300, there are uh, like tracings of people telling stories about Gryla, mm-hmm. uh, whose name like loosely translates to Growler, ah. which is either very scary or sounds like something you put beer in. <laughs> and so Gryla is she's they call her the christmas witch but really she's like a troll slash ogre type Mm. creature who lives in the mountains and she comes down (laughs) this is the my favorite part she comes down to collect children for her mm-hmm. lazy husband to make oh. stew and it's a big deal about how the this smithsonian article also um called her loosely like iceland iceland's first feminist because <laughs> <laughs> there's all these stories about her getting like bored and eating her husband she's all like right. I'm, do- I'm done with him that's uh, fair but i have the one interpretation of the poem or like kind of rhyme that's told about Gryla. Down comes Gryla from the outer fields with 40 tails, a bag on her back, a knife in her hand, coming to carve out the stomachs of the children who cry for meat during Lent. (laughs) Uh, Gryla's not fucking around. She surely is not. Um, And so she is like associated with being basically like the mother figure of the Yule lads. Mm. So the Yule lads then are her like 13 adult sons, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like fully, fully, fully grown. Um, But they are, are said to come kind of consecutively on the the 13 days of Christmas. Mm -hmm. And each of them has kind of a different prank that they pull so like there's one who will eat the leftovers out of your pots and there's one who comes and slams your doors and there's one whose name literally translates to sausage stealer Uh. (laughs) so her her sons come for the 13 days do all these little tricks and goofiness and then she comes to collect the children who didn't learn their lesson and carve out their bellies uh it's it's all very exciting. <laughs> Again, I'm just, I'm delighted by this. Uh, American kids get a lump of coal and Icelandic kids like get their stomachs carved out by a troll. Right. And I mean, I feel like Iceland is a hot spot for, for creepy Christmas things. Cause they also have Yule cat over there. Yule cat is also part of Gryla, but I will, yes, oh. you, I know you wanted to talk about Yule cat. I, did, I didn't know that Yule cat and Gryla were buds. They are, yeah. Yes. It so for those who don't know, it is uh traditional to receive um clothes as a gift in Iceland. And if you do not receive new clothes for Christmas, a big old Yule cat is gonna come and eat you. <laughs> I love the like more modern depictions of Yule Cat. It's just like a like a nine hundred pound house cat like stepping on buildings. <laughs> Uh, yes, it was talking, uh, the article that I was reading was talking about how no one really knows, like, where Yule Cat specifically came from, but that there is, like, a big Scandinavian history of troll cats mm-hmm. that, like, you make this conjured creature with, like, dead man's bones to do your bidding, and they run around and cause trouble. 
how nice you know like you do <laughs> you know when someone makes you mad and you make a cat out of dead man's bones <laughs> and it comes and eats children yeah i was uh i was reading a bit about that too like yule cat i found it interesting i wish i could remember exactly what it said but it was talking about the like thing about not getting if you didn't get clothes that the yule cat will come and eat you and it was like because it it showed that if like if you didn't receive some kind of like new clothing that you hadn't like done any labor that year so it was like very oh. specific and i was like what does that have to do with clothes <laughs> like maybe you had worn out your old clothes from uh, a, yeah. a year's hard work or something yeah because i was thinking i'm like that really seems unfair that my fate is based on whether someone else gave me clothes <laughs> like i didn't do anything wrong but no one gave me clothes so i'm gonna get eaten by a giant cat you know somewhere like there's like kevin is the black sheep of their family and the whole family was like, whatever you do, nobody give Kevin any clothes. We want him to get snatched up by Yule Cat. We're done with him. <laughs> I also, uh, so there's a, a kind of a several, it, I actually had a, a gal reach out to me to talk about like this, the thought of like a Christmas witch is very popular in yeah. a lot of like European countries. Um, which I love. Oh, I was also, I was going to mention, did you watch Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? <laughs> um, and some of it, not all of it. They did a Christmas special and they had Gryla uh, oh. as one of the like witches who they kind of call upon to come help them with mm -hmm. this. Uh, but like one of the plot lines in that episode was that like the yule lads were terrorizing the town and they had to like <laughs> call gryla to come down from the mountains and come get her kids um <laughs> and i thought that was so fun i i wonder like because she was i mean she was definitely creepy in the show but the we'll share some pictures on instagram of all these creatures we're talking mm -hmm. about today but she's horrifying mm -hmm. like krampus is kind of funny you know like you're like oh little goat man and then gryla straight up like white face beady eye like horrifying mm. um but then in the show she was like kind of like she was creepy but kind of cute and i was yeah. like i wonder if i or like yeah if like icelandic people are pissed at this <laughs> <laughs> inaccurate depictions of gryla <laughs> but there's also uh in like Austria and Germany, they have uh, Frau Pectra or per Perkta. I'm not sure how exactly how to pronounce it. Um, but she's also like a Christmas witch character. Um, but her whole thing is, again, it's just so, <laughs> it's so truly horrifying. She like will come and cut you open while you're sleeping and remove mm. your innards and stuff you with straw. Oh. And then apparently like the like thing is that she does it in a way that people just think you passed in your sleep. Oh, that's you, rough. Like you can't tell that she's been there. No. <laughs> she's the world's best serial I killer. I was going to say that's some next level serial killer. She must be from Wisconsin. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, I was looking up. So like I looked up um, La Bafana, who I often hear referred to as like an Italian Christmas witch, but she's not really very witchy. So I don't know if just 
the I've sources. never heard of that one. Yeah. Um. So she is in. So she's definitely very much part of like Christian um mm-hmm. lore and so the the legend well, that's why she's not very witchy <laughs> yes uh but so that's why I'm, I'm like are we like are we just calling her a christmas witch because she's like an older lady at christmas time that's kind of sexist um <laughs> but she was in approached by the three wise men who were on their way to jesus and they oh. were like hey do you know which way to jesus and she was like i'm not sure and she um, invited them to stay at her house for the night um, because she was the best housekeeper in the village and had like the nicest, you know, most well-kept home. And they invited her to come with them afterward to go find Jesus. And she was like, no, I'm too busy with my housework. And then later was like, oh, my God, what what a mistake and <laughs> tried uh, to follow them but could not find them. So, so to this day, she is out searching for baby Jesus and will leave good children toys and candy and bad children get coal, onions, or garlic. (laughs) Oh, I want to be bad. Give me some garlic. Right. I'm like, I'll take that. But yeah, so she, she's kind of in that same tradition of like a, you know, woman out and about giving presents and stuff, but she's not, she's not really witchy, I don't think. To me, the moral of that story is that she was a witch because she didn't want to go see Jesus. <laughs> right. She was like, no, I'm okay. I'm cool. They were like, a woman who doesn't want to see Christ's son? <laughs> witch! She's a witch! You gotta go find baby Jesus. In the, in the theme of kind of like weirdly uh, not as bad characters... Didn't you tell me you have some information about our friend Belschnickel? <laughs> I do have some information about Belschnickel. Uh, so obviously most famous today for being uh, featured on The Office. <laughs> yes, thank you so much, Dwight K. Schrute, for giving us a yes. very uh, spark notes education on Belschnickel. <laughs> yes, um, so... Belschnickel is German folklore, um, and so he's kind of considered, he fills a similar role to Krampus, but he is not, like, the same as Krampus. So that was very, that was, this article I read said that you should not confuse him with Krampus. Um, so <laughs> Well, first of all, he's <laughs> technically human, right? Like, yes. he's a man. Yeah, yeah. so, so Kramp- Krampus is, like, a demon, and he's, like, part of, like, a, you know, very old pre-Christian tradition. And Belsnickel is, like, officially, like, a dirty man who is, like, so Belsen actually means, like, furs, and Nickel is, like, a nickname for Nikolaus, so he, like, really is, like, kind of, like, furry, dirty Santa. (laughs) Yum. (laughs) (laughs) So he is, he is often, um, so he's a disheveled man dressed in his, you know, furs and dirty clothes, um, and he visits homes in the weeks before Christmas to check up on your behavior and see what you're up to. And so they think that he might be based on a earlier figure who was also like a servant of St. Nicholas, who was kind of like a house elfy kind of figure who would come and, you know, root out the naughty children and give them a switch for being bad. See that? That's, we're fine with that. You can hit a kid with a stick. That's fine. <laughs> Just don't carve out their insides or drive right. them to hell. It's like, c- comparatively, that's all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, because it is um, from uh, that area of Germany, it became a very big part of Pennsylvania Dutch communities um, with the German immigrants. 
who came to North America, which is why it is part of the the Schrute family <laughs> yes. folklore. <laughs> That's, I'm actually like I'm having a brain blast right now. I'm like I don't know why this just came crashing back into my memory like the Kool Aid Man, but I took French all through high school, and there is like a Belschnickel in France named Père Foutard, and he's literally like he's the same. Like, not the same thing, but he's literally, like, Santa Claus, but in brown robes with a black beard carrying, like, a thing of switches on his back. Um, I completely forgot about that until right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one of my favorite things was that um, they were talking about how Belschnickel was, like, popular enough in America that some people are like, you know, he could have taken over and been, like, the the prime Christmas character. And he was, like, super popular in Philadelphia, and they would have local Belschnickels who would prowl the streets in the 1800s. Um, But they were saying that because, um, so, like, Belschnickel was popular in Philadelphia, and Santa Claus was popular in New York City. And, like, at in the early 1800s, they were kind of of similar size and of similar, like, cultural influence. Uh, but huh. obviously, New York became much bigger than Philadelphia. And so they this article at least says that the, you know, kind of post-Civil War popular, popularization of Santa Claus from, like, kind of the New York City, like, editorials and appearances is what brought kind of our family-centric santa focus versus like mischievous belschnickel well and it's interesting like i i i'm sure that you could you know follow this trail back but at what point santa became like the dealer of both you know presents and coal like now he doesn't have somebody else who like does his dirty work for him (laughs) (laughs) and i i think that's I don't know. I think it's a loss, a cultural loss. <laughs> I wish I wish we had uh, a scary boy to come along. <laughs> he is pretty. It is good. It is nice to have that that foil, that narrative foil always does some some good work in being like, well, and I mean, I don't know. It's interesting because otherwise it's like, you know, Santa's just very nice and there's this bad person who does mean things. And so if Santa's the one who's also doling out punishments, like you can't make him too mean or else then he's scary and you're not happy about the gifts and stuff. So I guess. (laughs) Well, it it, it makes Santa more it makes Santa a more neutral figure. He's he's a gray character. Yes. I do have a uh, another little quip that is not a um, not a scary like monster per se, but I did just do like a little thing on the Christmas spider. Oh um, yes, for YouTube, and I thought let's talk about it here too because yeah. it's cute. <laughs> it's cute, spooky. Um, so there is like a, a legend from Ukraine where. There's a story about this uh, woman who's been widowed and her children, and they like don't have the means to decorate their home for Christmas that year. Mm-hmm. And they like go to sleep, and when they wake up in the morning, spiders have come and like put webs all over their tree and decorated the house with their webs. And the children like run over to the window and throw the curtains open and the webs like sparkle silver and gold in the light. Mm. And uh, so now it's like to this day, good luck 
for you to have like a spider ornament or a spider web ornament on your tree. And that's supposed to bring like prosperous new year for you. Uh, and it's also the legend that is said to be where the like loose tinsel uh, oh. de- decorations came from uh, where that originated, which I loved that little connection because tinsel is so kitsch and so mid-century. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that it kind of uh, blossomed out of something a little bit spooky. Yeah, I I had never I hadn't heard of the Christmas spider legend until a couple of years ago, I think. But we did have a spider web ornament growing up that was like oh, really? had belonged to like my mom's grandma, I think. So it was like a family heirloom ornament, and I it was like a very delicate like gold web with like a crystal like dewdrop on it, and oh, cool. I loved it always. But was kind of like weird that we have a spider web. <laughs> ornament because there definitely wasn't anything else even remotely spooky about our Christmas stuff and then I was like oh that makes a lot of sense have you like asked your mom about it at all like if it was did she know if it was passed down like from that story I don't know I will have to ask her but yeah mom we know you're listening yes mom tell me about our spider web ornament (laughs) our our operators are standing by call in But yeah, snark. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of like ornaments, this did not count at all as like a Christmas creature. But I wanted. I can't wait. I know exactly what you're gonna say. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I would share it just as a general like wacky Christmas traditions thing, which is that we were a Christmas pickle family (laughs) growing up, and I feel like the Christmas pickle is one of like the most delightful things because it's just full of lies and mystery. And See, again, a general pranking and jest. Yes, and everyone, like, you grow up being told that the Christmas pickle is a German thing, mm-hmm. and then Germans are like, what? We, <laughs> That's we don't not, claim that. We didn't do that. That's not our thing. Um, but no, we always had a Christmas pickle on the tree. And for those who don't know, um, someone on the family hides um, the pickle ornament on the Christmas tree. And then on Christmas morning, whoever finds the pickle gets to open the first gift. Yay. And it's, it's difficult. It's kind of spooky. It's green and it has warts <laughs> like a witch. Yeah, it's very true. Maybe the Christmas pickle is our own Christmas witch. I actually had an epiphany just now. You know what the modern like Belschnickel is is elf on a shelf oh it is like that is santa's wacky counterpart these days oh i hate the elf on the shelf i well we didn't grow up with it and like i i don't have kids you don't have kids like i am not of the era of elf on a shelf and i don't really understand it (laughs) i mean i i please don't explain it to me i do understand (laughs) it please nobody like come on the don't dm me i know how it works (laughs) i just saying like i don't i don't I, don't I have so many friends who are parents who are like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to Christmas <laughs> is having to deal with this stupid elf. And I'm that's like, the yeah. real monster. <laughs> yes. The real monster of Christmas is the elf who surveils you 24 seven as though Santa wasn't already keeping a list and keeping an eye on you. It's, and he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. It's right there in the song. We don't need elves. Right. And then they're always running around and doing weird things and they fall and kids panic. And it's a whole it's 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 too much. I'm like, this is I'm like the the Santa surveillance is like a little bit weird when you get older. But you're like, all right. But like 
the direct like there is a thing in my house that is watching me at all times i'm not a fan i'm not a fan you know that uh that was it a vine words just you better watch out you better (laughs) watch watch out out. you better better watch watch out out. (laughs) yes (laughs) see santa can be scary yay it's true he can (laughs) whoa that so this is this is hashtag new christmas cryptid dropping (gasps) um we had a discussion at this brunch that i was at about how santa is a vampire oh he oh, is, I already love this. Yes. He is eternal and unchanging. He obvious he moves at preternatural speeds. Mm-hmm. He can obviously transform into a mist or something to come down your chimney. Now, so oh oh <laughs> are the milk and cookie leaving out milk and cookies like his version of he has to be invited in. So Ooh, if you leave yes. out milk and cookies, it is he can come into your house. Yes. And we were saying, you know, he has obviously never been captured on camera and video because he ca- cannot, he his physical be. form cannot be recorded. Oh my God. Mm, Santa He's, vampire. He is in a weird way, like feasting off of youth. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, like he feeds cr- on your Christmas, Christmas magic. Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> We all know what that means. That's the the souls of children. He's an energy vampire like Colin Robinson. Yes. Okay. This is hashtag new Christmas cryptid. (laughs) Yes. So I I invite all Ghoul Tonight In listeners to start introducing the concept of Vampire Santa to your friends and family this holiday season. And let's let's get this thing going. Hashtag Vampa. (laughs) I was going to say Santa Pyre. Vampire, <laughs> yeah, something. We'll we'll get there. We'll figure yes. out a good name for him. Vampa claws, vampa claws. There it is. <laughs> Dracula claws. Yes. Uh, so those are our wonderful Christmas creatures. Um, I would love to hear about any of you who have uh, Christmas creatures or cryptids that are part of your holiday traditions and celebrations, because. I feel like it's pretty clear that Midge and I are disappointed that we didn't have any creepy monsters chasing us through our childhood. So please let us live vicariously through through your experience. Bring out your monsters. <laughs> and uh, if you celebrate, we hope you have a Merry Christmas because this is coming out Christmas, the week of Christmas. Woo! Have yourself a scary little Christmas. We can't wait to see you next time. <laughs> Yes, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, you can always find us at Ghouls Night In Pod on Instagram. And if you enjoyed the show, please do leave us a like or a review. Tell a friend. Um, I feel like this is a wonderful episode to listen to on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, whenever you're having a celebration. Just yes. just pull it out there. Uh, and if you are looking for me, you can find me at Penny Snark on all the platforms. And you can find me across all things at Midge Munster. And until next time, goodbye. goodbye.